I'm Rachel Renner, literary wizard, mellifluous voice behind Tana, your favorite highly combustible tea fling, and your hostess for the second installment of our patron-exclusive interview series, Short Rest. For the next hour and change, I'll be sitting down with the entire ODAF gang to chat about the third arc of our epic campaign. Some of the questions I'll be asking you from me, most were sent in by our hero level and higher patrons, and all of them are a total surprise to everyone at this table, apart from me. So, oh, and then of course, because short rests are completely unedited, there will definitely be gaffes, giggles, and goofs along <gasps> the way. And that's just from me, so. <laughs> um, okay, so for those of you like me, Routinely forget what you ate for breakfast. Arc three of our epic campaign took us to Miaram, the goblin-infested swamp region of Vitara. There we had some goblin scuffles. Temporarily lost tooth. I can't talk. <laughs> and that's why this. Oh well, sorry, not edited. We lost two thirds of our party. Oops, and somehow managed to defeat not one but two black dragons. Joey, did I get everything? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot more, obviously, but that was the gist of it. <laughs> right? I think it was, what, 12 episodes? Uh, 11, I think. Yeah, condensed into mm -hmm. 20 seconds. I think yep. we're good. Is it appropriate to say that goblins infest a swamp, or do they just inhabit it? I guess it depends on who you ask. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah, some tribes more than others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, in short, it's been one hell of a story arc, which has garnered a lot of really good questions from our patrons. So... Let's dive right in. Our first question is from Ricky, our greater god of chaos. Aaron, the party has gotten into a bit of a bad habit of using Dergus as a bargaining chip. <laughs> kind of like when we offered him up as a dragon snack in Corvus's mansion. So Ricky wants to know, are you worried that some villain might eventually call the party's bluff and will lose Dergus forever? Mm. <laughs> I mean, this is why I've been training Dergus in, in the dark arts, <laughs> yeah. and he's now armored. So he's a, he's got a fighting chance if, you know, some bee beg, you know, takes after Dergus and, you know, tries to eat him. Well, I think Dergus will hold his own, you know. And he's been training with Mo. Yeah, I've been showing yeah. him some moves. Yeah. He's been learning some As moves. As an improvised he's weapon. Like, he's a second level monk now. <laughs> wow. Nice. Oh, yeah. wow. That's more yeah. levels in monk than Mo has. That's total bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean he could defeat wow. Sensei Horus? Yeah. He probably could defeat Sensei Horus. But wow. then again, uh, most people could defeat <laughs> Sensei Horus. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, speaking of villains, um, uh, Ricky's next question is for both Nolan and myself. Um, Mo and Tana both had encounters in the Blighted Swamp uh, with bad guys from their past. Karzire and Sensei Horus, of course. What are your theories as to why this happened? And Joey, feel free to chime in with the actual answer. You want to take it, Nolan? Okay, so <clears throat> I've, had, I've had Joey as a DM for a while, and we're approaching the episode markers where he's going to start introducing little hints and tidbits towards who the big bad is. And this was most definitely one of them, and I have not figured it out yet. <laughs> is that true, Joe? That is absolutely correct. Wow. This, these uh, things, and, and it wasn't just Mo and Tana. JR saw Edgar. Mm -hmm. Heen saw yeah, that's true. victims from his past. Finian saw his, his elf friends who drowned. So, yeah, there's stuff going on here. Well, Nolan, you found actual evidence that Horus was in the swamp. Do you have any theories about how that might have happened? Well, I have two theories. Uh, <laughs> the the most predominant one is that was just Joey fucking with me. <laughs> like, just so I would lose yeah. sleep over it. Yeah. But I I don't know because from everything we gathered with like the blight in the swamp, it wasn't generating anything. And he keeps telling us you know, subtly that we're more important than we realize. Yeah. So I wonder if we're not actually alone and I wonder if Sean is doing stuff. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Huh. Heen, Sarek. Hey, I have no comment. Joey <laughs> told me I'm, I'm uh, I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. We didn't invite Sean to this round table. Maybe we need to next time. <laughs> You know, to Nolan's credit on the theory about there's just going to be a bunch of red herrings, Nolan will has almost dethroned, uh, not dethroned, sorry, almost derailed the entire campaign multiple times <laughs> yeah. for in our other campaigns with Joey. Yeah. So I really do expect there's going to be a lot more red herrings than normal. Yeah. Um, I love that. Okay. Um, let's talk about death. As you guys may or may not recall, both JR and Mo died tragically and violently 
Again. Yeah. <laughs> and our greater God of chaos actually had a great question for Aaron about that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Many, 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 many episodes ago, all the way back in the second arc, the seeker Ong Dun mentioned that Finian's ability to channel the party's elemental powers is super rare. He then offered Finian a chance to make him even more powerful. So, Aaron, after Mo and JR's deaths, do you think Finian regretted not taking him up on that offer? Wow. Definitely. And I, I actually believe Finian to be the big bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> in truth, Finian missed the mark there because he could have, you know, escalated his power to like, yeah. you know, to the extreme and just wiped out this party. Yeah. Even during, you know, the third uh, arc. Yeah. I have no, but a follow-up question about that later. Don't <laughs> seriously, worry. No, I don't think Finian regrets not having taken up Ong Dune on that offer because the the trade-off would have been pretty consequential to his you know, path. Yeah. I'd like to do an alternate universe campaign where we all did the wrong stuff and see just how much the, we fuck things that's up. That's this campaign, oh, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good us from the... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so Nolan and Greg, right Andre wants to know if you actually had a kick-ass entrance when your characters came back to life after being gone for an entire episode. And I want to know, what did you both do with your unexpected free time the week before? Uh, well, <laughs> we didn't have like a kick-ass entrance. That would have been cool, but it's kind of hard since there's like a staircase and everything. You guys would have heard us coming. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> hey, who's that? Wait. <laughs> and uh, for the off time, um, that's a private question. <laughs> Greg, well, you have a private question. <laughs> okay. You guys both did private question stuff together. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Huh. Hey, there's nothing yeah, wrong with it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of free time, Vic, our god of victory, wants to know what we do for entertainment when we're not working or doing anything D&D related. Sarek, you want to kick us off? Oh, gosh. Okay. Um... I find myself way too busy all the time. Yeah. As you guys on Discord know, holy crap, I've been trying to be there more because I realize, wow, you guys are active. Um, I am, gosh, how do I summarize it all? I mean, I guess the kind of mundane things is I play video games, I do archery, um, I guess I ride motorcycles, but a lot of the time I'm trying to start businesses or do like large scale projects. I'm trying to really make some changes to my career right now. And so it's, my life is super busy. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take the, I'll go next. Yeah. This is Aaron. Uh, yeah, I've got, um, I got a couple things going on. Um, I have a, a sales outsourcing business that I'm a partner in and, uh, that's been a really cool experience. Been doing that for better part of two decades now. Um, but what do you do? That's actually fun. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) 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 I enjoy the out of doors. (laughs) He he walks through doors a lot. Oh, outer doors. Yes. I like the outer doors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is it the act of going out or do you appreciate the door that acts as a portal? Uh, uh, Really the, uh, the act of being outdoors. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So like skiing, hiking, biking, stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, I'm really into flight simulation as well. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Or maybe nerdy, but cool. It's incredibly nerdy. Yeah. We're not going to go there. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. What I like to do is, well, I love watching movies. Going to the movie theater is so cool. Uh, Seems that it's kind of fallen out of popularity, but I'd say go to the movies yeah. if you can. It's always a better experience. Uh, play some video games. Uh, I love fishing, going out to the mountains. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's one of my favorite pastimes. What really? kind of what kind of fish do you catch? Like trout? Uh, yeah, it's because all that pretty much just trout here. But I love going up to, I go up to Minnesota a lot and fish there. Nolan, why are you shaking your head? I just had a memory of the first time I went fishing with Greg. <laughs> do you remember <laughs> what you did to me? Like I caught my first fish. I'm like, yes. And I like reel it. I'm like, yo, Greg, check it out. And he's like, oh, that's too small. Takes off and throws it back. <laughs> no. It was too small. So Nolan, it sounds like in your free time, you aren't very good at fishing. No, no, I'm really bad at fishing. But I don't know. I can. I kind of consider myself like a jack of all trades. I, I dip my toes into everything, but not like super deep dive. I mean, like I watch sports. I play video games. I go hiking. Just, just a little bit of everything to keep me uh, busy. 
Yeah, I'm kind of like that too. I um, I have a motorcycle, so love doing that. Uh, it's Colorado, so I haven't done that for a while. But oh, it's spring and it was beautiful today, so yay. I like doing outdoor stuff too. Very artsy. Love going to rock shows, both the like volcanology kind and the uh, like headbanging kind. Um, so yeah, and I collect gems and minerals, speaking of really nerdy things. Joey, I don't even know if I want you to answer because your entire life revolves around d and Actually, Do that's you, what I was going to say. Are Is you just going to say sleep else? and eat? Is I, that I, I sleep. I have an actual job. Like, and then I have this part-time job, the podcast, which I spend more time on than my actual job. Uh, just don't tell my boss that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I live, breathe, and sleep and eat D&D. Uh, it, it's become a parasite in my life, and I need help. Hey, you wouldn't be- <laughs> <laughs> um, Our next roundtable might be a, like, what do you call it when everybody... An intervention. Intervention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it'll be there is one, Ninth Age. Yeah. We're starting that up again. Yeah, we play Warhammer, of course. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but also magic and stuff. You do mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, yeah. We lots of nerdy stuff. Joey's actually going to take a staycation uh, in <laughs> yes. June, so we can play the new Diablo Four together. That's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. So, okay, very cool. So, our next two part question is also from our God of Victory. Um, questions for Joey: Did you know all along that Avru would be the big bad dragon? And second part, how much of your characters in world building are planned in advance versus flying by the seat of your pants? Ooh, great question. Uh, so the Avru, of course, is re- is revealed at the end of the prologue episodes. So I knew that Avru would play some part in the story because, of course, Tana and Finian died to him. So they would want to go <laughs> back and deal him. with yeah. it. Um hmm. So I knew he would show up. I also kind of had the idea from the start that he wouldn't be the one behind everything. It would be his mate, Palisix. Um, So to answer the other question, a lot of what I do is overplanned. Um, (laughs) I I plan out so many details, and I shouldn't because no good plan survives contact with the players ever. Uh, But so... Um, I, I plan all of the characters, but all of the good stuff is ad-libbed because I'm not smart enough to plan it ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure anybody who's been a DM and Joey, I'm sure you're not yeah. accepting. You probably have all these plans. You're like, you just want to yell at the players at the table. Yep. No, <laughs> go through that other door, you idiots. Right. Really. That's what makes a really good DM, I've heard. And of course, yeah. you know, this is the only campaign I've done. But I, I hear you really, you can't be a control freak. You have to just yeah. kind of let your players You have do. to get over yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So I, I overplan so I can be flexible when you guys inevitably ruin everything. Yeah, so speaking of flying by the seat of your pants, Joey, there was a question about Tana using um, Tides of Chaos in her encounter with yeah. the Goblin Guards. Do you know what I'm going to ask you? What was, I don't remember what the chaos she was. She triggered a wild magic surge, uh-huh. and the next thing we know there's a big shadow flying uh. overhead, right? Now, our patrons want to know, was that triggered by the chaos table or a pants flying moment? And just as an aside, I personally like to try and figure out what is chaos induced versus a product of your own imagination. Like, you know, the potted soil incident. So if I remember correctly, uh, it was tangentially related to your chaos. Um, okay. Your chaos happened, and as I was reading the entry in the table, it Gave me an idea for hints I wanted to start dropping about something else. Uh, And so I kind of combined the two things in the moment. Nice. And the fact that it is confusing and weird is good. That means I did it well. Yeah, you're really good at that. You guys aren't really sure what's going on. You're really good at that. Okay. All right, I'm going to switch gears entirely with a question for Sarek from our Greater Goddess of Healing. Heen saw a lot of flashbacks in this arc. And one of those was a memory of his wife. So our greater goddess of healing wants to know, what made Heen decide to marry an elf? And you can you tell us a little bit more about that relationship? Oh, this is very <laughs> similar to the first uh, short rest where uh, you guys were thinking too far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> As um, always, you can always say... I need say, to give you something, though, yeah. because I can't just be like, no, next question. That's not fun. Uh, I would say Heen's perspective on life both starting out and kind of like through the middle game is very different than what we had when he was a seeker and also while he was um or who he is now 
um, where you haven't seen a whole ton of that. But as we see more and more of the memories, you'll you'll definitely see he didn't start out. He wanted to help people. He wanted to change the world. And he knew that by being different, he could do quite a bit in that field. And yeah, he, he bought into a lot of cult stuff with the Seekers, but he did a lot of good in the meantime as well. And we just haven't seen a whole lot of that because, you know, it's, it's kind of in the past. But why an elf? Well, I mean, you don't choose who you fall in love with, right? <laughs> I don't know. Our greater goddess of healing, she's really into this. She's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> if we have a gith and an elf, then how are they going to have babies? Because she doesn't think that gith and elves can have babies. And it's something that bothers her. No, they can and wise can't. Yeah, no, we. <laughs> there is no crossbreeds or yeah. halfbreeds in this universe. Yeah, they'd have to but, adopt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or they'd make a gelf. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. I never really thought about whether they were planning to have a family or not. It, yeah. it, it, it ended too tragically and too quickly for that type of thing to come up. Yeah. Well, on the subject of wifeys, Karen. <laughs> yes, Rachel. What do you think about the fact that people are starting to ship Finian and Tana after Finian's uncharacteristically sentimental moment with her in the finale? I don't know. I think like, you know, Finian and Tana, they have a history yeah. that, go, that predates, you know, the this whole party. Mm -hmm. And um, so I thought that was just sort of like an appropriate moment for Finian to kind of acknowledge and recognize that they have that history. Does that mean that they have anything in common or would even want to share space? I don't know. We'll have to see. According to the fan art, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, I don't want to see that. It's, wait a minute. <laughs> I have not seen this. Finian's kind of a grungy dude, so, you know, Tana would have to be able to put up with some pretty gnarly, you know, smells and things like that. She has if been she, touring with you for like six months. Yeah. If she stays nose blind long enough, maybe it'll work out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You've taken, um, what, two baths? <laughs> no, really just one. It's once every 10 years is the official bath. Um, I mean, obviously, he goes in the water all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's getting all the grunge off. Yeah. So You just get more grunge when he goes in the water? Like <laughs> yeah, an algae right. and everything? Exactly. <laughs> um, hey, Greg. Yeah. We get to see some really cool yet subtle reveals about J.R., um, the fact that he has a dragon patron, has scales under his armor, is ostensibly obsessed with gold because of his draconic bond. What else can you tell, tell us at this moment about JR's dragon ties? Why did he forge the relationship to begin with? How exactly did it lead to his magical powers since he used to be magicless? Um, so he made a pact with the dragon. That's how he got his powers. Mm -hmm. um, interesting about his draconic blast this is rules wise too that's actually not magical it's like actual lightning coming from his body oh cool so you can't counter spell it or something um well so what else was it It was more just what we're else can interested I say? in the dragon stuff yeah I but think, if if it's reveals that are for later we understand too i think good why he why he made the pact was to get the magic because that's it's kind of been hinted he's from a family of paladins. Yeah. And if you don't have magic, I mean, you can't really be that decent of a paladin. Yeah. So. And have you seen Edgar? That guy's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Do you think maybe that was part of it, trying to compete with Edgar? Probably. I mean, he yeah. has uh, four siblings. Wait. Yeah, four siblings. Oh, wow. Yeah, four siblings. Are we going to meet any of the other three? I, I think so. Oh, that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Are they as handsome as Edgar? Uh, <laughs> I have uh, two sisters and one other brother. I have oh. Are your sisters handsome? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all have facial mustache. hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is always the mark of a good storyteller. I'm sorry, the facial hair thing. Uh, when so-called minor and side characters take on lives of their own. Joey, Ride Andre wrote in to say that one of the reasons your side characters are so endearing is because of the way they talk. How much of that is improvised on the spot versus practiced in advance? A, a lot of it is practiced. However, I assume the character in mind here is deadbeat dick. I'm sure. Um, and that character was 
the the accent was seat of my pants. It was because of something Greg said in character. Something <laughs> like the the you guys got to the boat and Jr. said something about no, you're supposed to say howdy to the captain. And oh, so right. I yeah. was yeah. like, okay, I guess he has a southern accent, and and it just <laughs> created the character that got away from me. What about Gunk? Did you practice that one? Uh, yeah, Gunk Gunk was a character I came up the morning of that uh, that episode. Do you know? Gunk actually inspired a troll in my book. Did I ever tell you, <laughs> you that? You did. I'm yeah, so there's this, so happy. Yeah, there's a troll that's like squatting in a castle and it's eating a bunch of um, termites, but not actual termites. They're pixies. Anyway, that's how Ugh. he talks. He gets really mad at them for turning on the lights. And <laughs> like, um, the whole time um, I was reading, I imagine Gunk. Gunk is much more philosophical, though. Yeah, yeah. I really liked the idea of a really smart, dumb orc. <laughs> you did that really well. Gonk IQ one one zero yeah. <laughs> one ten. Yeah. Well, keeping to the NPC theme, um, several patrons asked about Tana's little brother, um, or rather, the young tiefling boy that she took under her wing in Mount Orem. Um, who is he? What happened to him? Has she tried to make contact since? Um, and the answer to all of these, for the moment, is I don't know. <laughs> Tana has a lot of repressed memories, um, the worst and most painful of which she buries the deepest. So, and you know, when you die, I feel like those memories only become harder to access. So for now, at least the answer is maybe we'll find out in the fourth arc. What do you think, Joey? Why are you? <laughs> uh, it's worth noting that that character, whoever he may be, is yeah. not a character that Rachel wrote into her backstory. Mm -hmm. um, so there are memories and things that Tana is repressing that Rachel herself does not know, and we will be seeing more of that. It's, I did tell you that I wanted there to be like a young yes, tiefling right, that Tana looked after, else. but yeah, we didn't talk any about anything else. So I'm actually learning with the listeners. So yeah. Um, I want to talk about catch up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. On, on, on pasta or? Well, yeah. On the subject of good noodles doing ketchup-y things, right? Aaron, with all the necromancy stuff that Finian has been doing in this arc, do you still consider him to be a good noodle? Or maybe the more apropos question is, does Finian still consider himself to be a good noodle? I'd say his alignment is shifting more toward neutral. <laughs> wow. Nolan's wow. over there shaking his head in good. approval. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all you have to say? Uh, I think a lot comes down to intent, but, you know, good intentions, right? The pathway to. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I that's a really good question. I don't think it's one that's appropriate to answer yet. Okay. But right. let's just say that. Finian's gonna is a little bit more open-minded about um, the world, more open-minded about evil. Yeah, Greg. I mean, you think that Finian's the big bad this whole time, right? No, I just think he belonged to Malice. <laughs> <laughs> I I do think it's interesting because Finian did not like Valier or Prince Morath to start, and I wonder mm -hmm. now how he feels about him. Like the two are kind of converging on their paths. It's certainly Ooh. possible, but I don't know. I don't know that Finian has developed his sense of right and wrong in a way that would allow him to do some of the things that Valier does, right. at least at this point. But, you know, sometimes power can get to people, you know, sometimes. Joey, you made the comment about Finian, right? That it's almost endearing that he's doing all these like creepy, dark, <laughs> necromantic things, but like doesn't even realize how creepy. Well, yeah, he's not trying to do harm. He's just like, look, guys, look what I can do. Yeah, I'm resurrecting a zombie goblin. I can graft my nose onto my face, guys, look. Uh. <laughs> it's better than the hole that was in my face. <laughs> Sorry. Better than the hole that was in my face. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and keep in mind for an elf he's he's young yeah so so if you see it through the lens of he's like a kid who just learned that he can reanimate yeah. corpses yeah. uh it's yeah. innocent but, enough and, and i would say that you know finian's acquiring power at a rate that's far greater than probably most of his brethren yeah that, you know and so he's he's gonna have to grapple with that at some point mm -hmm. pretty soon because he's going to get a little too big for his britches otherwise, and that's where there's some danger with this character. 
Danger, Will Robinson. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to slash dreading that. On the note of power scaling, I'm really curious for Joey. So, you know, in D&D, it's, it's kind of just assumed that the party will grow in power, of course, and level right. up and things like that. Um, is it, from your perspective, do you view this as a, this is a game, thus we gain in power? Or is this kind of like a potentially right of ascension or, you know, fate pushing us? There is a story reason that you guys are gaining power as fast as you are. Oh, okay. cool. From Heen's perspective, it makes sense because Heen used to be way higher leveled, but I was thinking about that for the rest of the group because, yeah, Finian has never had this type of power and neither is Tana nor JR, so cool. That's good to know. Yes, there there is stuff happening. It's because we're awesome. Yep, that's <laughs> yeah, it. that's all it is. <laughs> hey, we're just that good. Sarek, I got one word for you. Sean. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say bird. <laughs> there are a lot of words I could have chose from, right? About yeah. the bird? Yeah. No, the bird is not the word. It is greater than or equal to the word. Sean. <laughs> okay, what about Sean? Oh, what about Sean? What do you feel like telling us about Sean at this point? Anything more? Well, is it going to be too spoilery if I tell him why and how he came about? You you do you. Alrighty. Yeah, um, you do you. Sean was another one of those like soul render things where he was completely unintended. There was no hint that we were going to do this in the first place. Joey rolled on a table. That was also the same episode. If you remember that soul render did show up. So a couple big. Yeah, I think uh, it was just yeah, after because that, it was the yeah. gift messenger broke his brain and you rolled on the table for mental damage. I, so I believe it was you touching Elgut's finger in the trial. That broke Heen's oh, brain. Oh, you know, yeah. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah so that close. Wait, wait, so crazy. So, but I thought Sean emerged before he touched the finger. It was he, after. In Heen's after. memory, uh, Sean showed up as they entered the, oh. the cavern. Um, so Heen was actually rolling on the chaos table um, when he touched, <laughs> no. touched oh, Elgut's finger. Um, so... Uh, that's yeah. not more disturbing now that I <laughs> yeah, found that yeah. out. <laughs> That's crazy. But uh, that said, Sean is here and he is here to stay, presumably. He is doing things in the background. And there have been a couple times he's, you know, even manifested and actually done some action. So, like, if you remember back to when we were doing the uh, uh, break into the manor to go fight Sensei Horus, uh, Sean actually kind of manifested slightly and Projection scions have the ability to do the do some of those minor things, but if we think about it as he as Sean taking over some of Heen's power in mind, um, this is kind of getting fun because it gets into that whole if you don't have control over your own self, how can you possibly use mental magics? Oh boy. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. We have a few of us who might be unraveling a little bit <laughs> there. Um or possibly raveling, depending on how you look at the yeah, sure, right? trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> um, Greg. Yeah. So we met your your draconic patron, right? Mm -hmm. What's his name? Do you know his name? Uh, Joey said it's Shremir. Yep. But we don't. Oh, okay. Shremir. Right. Yep. Do all of the dragons, I guess this is for you and Joey, do all the dragons know each other? Are there like dragon get-togethers? <laughs> like, does he know Ator, for example? Do they hang out? Or maybe they're bitter rivals because one made the football team and the other didn't. Like, where, <laughs> where are we at for the dragons of this world? No, because... I remember we asked, I asked my patron and he said he didn't know who was in the swamp. Oh, interesting. So if they knew all the dragons, knew, I assume he would know. But that's more of a question for you. I yeah. assume they don't. Yeah, generally dragons don't like all their dragons. They're pretty territorial. They're very, very territorial over their lands, over the people they protect or control, uh, over their gold. That makes a lot of sense. You would think an ancient dragon would probably eventually get wind of other ancient dragons. Yeah, but he might be vaguely aware of some other ones, yeah. but there aren't a lot left. There are huh. only a handful of ancient dragons in the world. Like, and they probably just claim their part of the world and then stay out of the other. Yeah. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. So just to be clear, Palisix, ancient dragon? Yes. She so was an ancient up, black dragon. We helped dragon. end an ancient dragon? Yes. Wow. Jeez. We're kick-ass. Or, or horrible monsters, depending on how you look at yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Beware That's true. If they're endangered dragons. species, yeah. Yeah. There's right? another one there that'll get old. You didn't try and necromance her body. You're fine. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, yeah. Shoot. I should have. Well, huh. speaking of dragons, our greater goddess of healing wants to know, Joey, what's next for Ator now that he's been released? Will he be a good dragon or will chaos reign? Uh, he's, he's complicated. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, he's not good. 
but he's not as evil as his mother, so... <laughs> Give him time, right? Yeah, he's not ancient yet. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully his um, encounter with the five of you helped him grow as a dragon into a better person. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him personally, for what it's worth. I like morally gray characters. Um, all right. I have one last arc-specific question, and that's for Joey. How did you envision part three going versus how it actually played out? Wow. Were there any big detours or detractions that stick out in your mind? Yeah, I mean, the it started pretty much as I planned. It was fairly straightforward, right? You go to the swamps, you meet goblins, you fight a dragon. It's not like there was a lot you guys could have done to deviate from that. And then JR and Mo died. Uh, and everything spiraled in a way I did not anticipate. The whole dragon spiral, wow, no pun intended. The I was really yeah, hoping wow. it was a pun. <laughs> the whole dragon spiral thing was added uh, last minute. It was an idea I had. A lot of the last half was not planned. Oh, wow. Not how I had planned it, at least. I personally really enjoyed the last half. I thought, yeah. I thought did we end up where we were supposed to in the end or... Well, I mean, I had hoped that you would save the swamp in whatever way that would look like. So, <laughs> so yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately. Yay! Right. So it's written. <laughs> so it is written. Okay. Well, now comes the part in the show where I shift away from the arc-specific questions and share some general questions from our listeners, uh, many of which are for the whole group. So for those questions, we'll answer roundtable style with me calling on each of you individually, unless you're just dying to answer, in which case, please go ahead. Um, to guess that... <laughs> Yeah, Erin. Uh-huh. Oh, we haven't started yet? I have to ask the question first. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, to kick us off, Ali, our goddess of hope, has three very interesting questions, but I'll just start with the first one. Uh, which one party member would you most want to be trapped on a deserted island with? Nolan, would you like to start? Okay, that's tough. And like, I feel like you can answer it either as yourself or Mo. Feel free to to answer that however you want okay did you what kind of island did you say it was dessert like is there any kind of food there well it's it's a it's a desert island so uh, sundays cake pops <laughs> no. i'm gonna go ahead and pick desert vinian because he grows mushrooms <laughs> so uh-huh. i'm not gonna starve and i can well i can make food yeah, I can create food and water. We both know we're eating. I the was mushrooms. also going to pick Finian because he makes food and water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most useful engine. And or toxic. Hey, it's going to be a good time either way. <laughs> he could also turn into like an animal and then just swim with him off the island. Oh my god, I thought you were going to say he could turn an animal that he could turn into an animal that you could like kill for food. No, I that's swear. he has Durgis. Well, hold on. I don't even want to say this, but. Dergus would be a party member. So uh-huh. technically, it's either Finian or Dergus. And please don't mm. say that. Please don't. <laughs> For Allie's sake, don't say Dergus. <laughs> All right, Finian, who would you then stay with? Or Aaron? Probably just myself. <laughs> you don't You don't like any of us enough to invite us? Oh, I guess I mean, it would be Dergus. I'm like, you would choose Dergus. I would choose Dergus, of course. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm like Thomas. I'm a really useful engine. And so, like, I'm sure everybody would want to be trapped in a desert island with a guy that can make food and water and turn, you know, turn into a dolphin or whatever. So that seems pretty straightforward. But, like, frankly, Finian doesn't need anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, That's kind of the Druid way. I mean, they... It makes sense. They, they, they get into, you know, convocations and they get together and talk about stuff. But the rest of the time, I kind of think of them as just being kind of on their own yeah. out in the wild. I guess if he had to, if he had to choose, probably be... Heen, uh, because he and Heen could have some really interesting philosophical discussions. Oh, oh my yeah. God! I you don't would never be on stop talking. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> endless ad nauseum conversations about the meaning of power. At least and, you'd never be you know, bored because you'd be able to make the food. He'd make the shelter, and yeah. the two of us would right. just go for it. Exactly. What about you, Sarek? So, I assume everyone here has seen Castaway, right? Yeah. And you know the scene where. Um, Wait, spoilers. You know, the scene where he's on the raft and Wilson's draft drifting away and he's losing his shit. That was actually, side random side note, that was actually the first time I ever cried at a movie. Oh. Like, that was just so traumatic. My parents thought I was making fun of it because I was, they'd never seen me cry at a movie before and they were pissed. But, so, thinking about that and just, like, the loneliness that's going to come up and just the sheer uh, insanity that's going to happen to your brain, I'm going to choose Sean. 
because yeah. if I just break my brain from the get go and yeah. I have somebody there that can just stop it from happening, mm. I'm going to remain some level of sane. Okay. Okay. Took a dark turn. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was, by the way, I was going to say Heen because he's got all the psionic stuff that he can do. Like, we need to dig a hole. There you go. He digs a hole. We need to, like, get that coconut from up there. There we go. But I had a better idea, which is I would choose Joey the DM. Who <laughs> 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 could then manifest anything I needed. So, uh, Joey, I'm going to a desert island with you. Joey the DM, the character. Because <laughs> <laughs> in real life, he could just roll a die. Uh, yeah, in real life, he could just roll a die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, DM sort of like, God, he's like, well, actually, the desert island is now a continent. And there are mm-hmm, lots of people. Exactly. On it. Wait, given all the trauma he's put into Tana's backstory, you really oh want to do that? Uh, let's not think too much on that. Joey, <laughs> you could choose any character, including an NPC. Oh, including uh-huh. an NPC? If I choose Deadbeat Dick, does he have a ship with him? Ah, uh, smart. No, because, it'd be shipwrecked. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, we could choose an NPC. Yeah, I'm picking Soul Render. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> what? Wait, we can pick any NPC. He's Joey's DM. He's a god. Okay, anyway, oh, we which... can't choose. Oh, it has to be one of. Okay, for the yeah, rest yeah, of yeah. us. Okay. I know. I, I just wanted to give him that option. Are you mm. are you sticking Not with Deadbeat Dick then? Uh, if he has his ship, oh, easy. Even no. if it's shipwrecked, okay. we can fix the ship and <gasps> oh, leave. Smart. Okay. All right. Before you ask the other question, can we just address how quickly Greg was like, nah, soul render. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gonk. I'd be all about gonk. Speaking of the big yeah. bad at this table. Mm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads us perfectly into Allie's next question. Which party member are you most wary of and why? Sarek. Let's start with you. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> or you could always tag someone else who's in. No, I'm looking around the table and I'm seeing everyone else with the same exact reaction, just <laughs> completely blindsided. I mean, I guess Joey, the DM, the character. No, nah, it's a cop out. <laughs> um, on one hand, it's Tana because she's oh, yeah. literally breaking reality. There was basically functionally a black hole that started at one point. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of problematic. Um, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> otherwise, only because I know how Greg makes characters. <laughs> I'm just very, not just about the evil part, but Greg has the ability to drag out the reveal over the course of the whole campaign and hit you with it the last possible mm-hmm. second. And Oof. so I'm pretty nervous about that. <laughs> that is also a great point. Anyone else want to? I mean, personally, Mo is pretty weary of Tana specifically because with everyone else, it's probably planned, whereas Tana's will be an accident, and we will not be ready for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, I was I, I completely agree that also Tana, fair for for a for a character like Finian, who's a druid, and you know clearly, you know he, he's all about the balance of things. A, a, a person like Tana is almost frightening, like that level of chaos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, anyone else? I, I'm not going to answer this purposefully Kay. because mm. I know things that I have planned. Oh, obviously, I, I don't, I'm not planning your character's decisions. Yeah. However, I know things that will happen that you, your characters, might react poorly to. Yeah. So I'm going to purposefully not That's answer. Fair. It's going to be Durgis because he's yeah, Tarzan. <laughs> Can you please repeat that, Greg? Louder, please, into I the said microphone. Durgis is Karzire, so I right. oh, yeah. can't trust him. Oh, yeah. What have I told you guys about saying the K word? Come on. But uh, honestly, Tana. <laughs> I told you, Tana's getting more control over her chaos. You guys have seen. But until then, yeah. <laughs> I guess it, tentacles are going to grab you and pull you into who knows what. Only if she's mad at you. I cannot emphasize that. I enough. don't know what's on that chaos table. I, could I would be say ten- tentacles grab you and pull you into the nether. I don't know. Right. <laughs> okay. Cracks in cracks between reality. I yeah. mean, we could all be sucked into some alternate plane and just disappear Who knows, forever. Maybe the world blows up what? on like a one. <laughs> so are you saying Tana's, Tana's most concerned is not Tana? <laughs> okay, was, next question. But Which I wanted to talk about JR. Party member. Wait, what do you mean? I was going to say, like, if, if, uh, if JR continues to trend toward like a paladin, <laughs> yeah. then I would have no real concerns about that character. Right, Finian wouldn't. Apart from being insufferable, because yeah, paladins always are. Yeah, basically just being insufferable. Right, <laughs> yeah. that's about it. But yeah. you know, but now I'm hearing that you guys say that Greg, you know, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, <clears throat> Nolan's vigorously shaking he, his head. Every yes. time. Yeah, he, yeah he, he writes brilliant characters with these, and he, he withholds, like Sarek says, the important information until the perfect moment. And then you're like, oh, you were evil the whole time. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and how many, how many uh, player character kills have you racked up at this point? No. Not in this what? campaign, obviously, but no, total. Yeah, but only one. Career. Really, only one? Yeah. Who would kill a player character? <laughs> Noah's killed me one time. <laughs> oh, you're right. Wow, I was totally misremembering that. You're right. All right. For reference, he killed one of mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were evil. <laughs> boys, Just boys, boys. You had, it, you had it coming, as we say. <laughs> yeah. Which party member do you feel most protective of and why? Tana. So you're most wary of her and you feel most protective of her yeah. too? Oh. I yeah. think she really struggles. Hmm. To se second rank is Mo, but he seems to be figuring out his shit a little bit and more. He's only died twice. <laughs> I, I would be really wary if he had to go into business with somebody who wasn't f totally scrupulous. Then I'd be like, oh, man, you, you can have some trouble there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he seems to be figuring stuff out. But Tana is kind of like, you know, she's a glass cannon and she really seems to struggle um, with the chaos. No, she's doing so much better. Mm -hmm. So much better. Yeah, Nolan, we'll see about that. <laughs> Nolan, who do you feel protective of? See, like, my immediate answer is Tana and not in a sweet way because it's like, well, if I had a bomb in my lap, I would be very protective of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no sudden movements. <laughs> no sudden movements, right? But no, I mean, like, Poor Tana. That's, that's interesting because I just, I feel like, you know, as we're getting stronger, I, I don't feel like we need to necessarily be protective because everyone's starting to hold their own. Yeah, you know? I feel the same way too. I thought that that was actually kind of a hard question to answer. Yeah, because even I, from I thought Nolan was going to say Derekus, but then I was like, no, a couple episodes he used him as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now Derekus is wearing shielding. I mean, basically like it a tank. Was his idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cast the dark shadow over all this because I am a firm believer that actions without consequence make for bad storytelling, and I am convinced at least one of us is going to, and probably should die at some point permanently. That said, he uh, something I glad you clarified. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for um, something I've realized that I haven't really brought up a lot is the change in consequence and morality. We haven't thought about that because here we've literally come back from the dead. There is a physical, literal place you go when you die, and yet we kind of assume as players and uh, you know as the community that we have the same values about death and killing and uh, things like that when we know for a fact in this world we, the game world we come mm -hmm. back so it's kind of interesting that we kind of ported that in and I'm realizing maybe we uh, maybe I shouldn't feel so bad about killing all those people as Heen Ooh. no you should stop <laughs> <laughs> okay um, I think this is a good segue. And by good segue, I mean that was really dark. And let's move on uh, to our next question from Holly Max 79 What is your favorite moment in the campaign so far, either for your character or for someone else's? I mean, I can start. Yeah. My absolute favorite was when uh, Mo and JR fused because it's a Dragon Ball Z reference. So it's really cool. <laughs> it's really, it was that a pretty cool moment. Easily the best moment. <laughs> It was a cool moment for me because I could just sit back and watch. Right. I had no idea what was happening. Yeah. What about you guys? What do you think? I gotta think on that. I know. I kind of have to think on that too. There were some really cool moments. I think for me, I really like some of the the. Oh, I know. I know. I was gonna say it's the down moments that sometimes stick out in my mind more than like the action moments. And when Heen and Tana. And I think I think JR was there too, went fishing. I love oh, yeah. that, that moment. Really like it wasn't like the story highlight of the campaign, right? We've done some badass stuff and done like Tana, you you guys are right. She literally ripped a hole in reality. That was fun. But that moment really sticks out a lot for me. As an improv, that was that was very fun. That was, it was so having fun. to come up with all these little details about backstory that you don't normally think about because they're not gonna ever be important to a plot. Yeah, but, you know, right yeah. on. Dre was asking about that. He was saying, you know, how much of our characters, like their backstory, did we plan in advance versus how much by the seat of our pants? And for me, I would say it's maybe sixty forty planned. 
right? With 40 just coming up as we go. I didn't know Tana was a vegetarian. I'm not a vegetarian, right? But we were having these talks and suddenly I was like, no, I don't think she would want to do that. Mm. I don't think she would want to eat meat after some of the weird stuff on Orem. What about you guys? What what percentage would you say is planned versus? I'd also go 60-40. That sounds about right. Yeah. I don't like to like write everything out at the beginning. Can right. you think off the top of your head of something that you didn't plan out but was just spur of the moment? There's the big one of Soul Render. Right. Yeah, that Soul was Render. not planned. Um, yeah. I, know, I know there's a lot, but I just can't think of it right now. In four questions from now, when we've completely changed the subject and you remember it, just cut me <laughs> off mid-sentence. I think we just did two questions in one. Yeah. yeah. We're asking we about now. the... That's okay. I just wanted to answer both. Yeah, please go I for think, it. And I'll wait for Greg to finish. Uh, one of his the not the boat memory. I came up with that. Um, but the one where he threw whatever, like it was the scale and the sword down the well. I came up with that on the spot. Oh wow! Um, him being trapped in the sword for what would I say, thirty years? I came up with that on the spot. That's disturbing. Yeah. Like that, I still <laughs> think about that sometimes. That's like some Black Mirror shit. Have you guys seen that show? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that bothers me to think that he was in there for that long. Yeah. 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 I think. I mean, there's probably more. I just can't think of it at the moment. For sure. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, as far as memorable moments, um, I think the one that still stands out in my mind as being particularly amusing and also uh, sort of forced the party in a good way to start working together to solve problems that we created ourselves was <laughs> in White Claw, right? Was that the yep. where, where <laughs> Tana unleashed yeah. the, the finger? Yep. <laughs> the finger! And basically we trashed the entire town with that horrible... With monster, the giant tiefling. The giant tiefling. Yeah. Yep. And we all had to, you know, pitch in to try to take the thing down. By grabbing each other's snakes. By grabbing each other's <laughs> snakes. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of snake grabbing and pulling. And, <laughs> and tugging. And tugging, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was pretty cool. I liked that moment. I thought that was sort of like, yeah, this is who we are as a party. <laughs> <laughs> We're a bunch of fuckwits. We've, we solved the problems because, at least for the most part. So I'm going to go with probably uh, the death of Zai. Like, she was a character who was introduced in one... Uh, one episode and died basically the next so pretty minor in the scale of, in the scheme of things but up until that point there wasn't much group synergy there wasn't a lot of like crazy or there, not even crazy there wasn't a lot of group discussion yeah. but when it was a little hard to get into that mode but once Rachel and I and Joey were able to get in that and actually do that scene I kind of went okay this 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 is gonna work yeah it was definitely nervous up to that point so yeah I feel like you know for any show right TV radio it takes a few episodes for the story to come together but for the characters and actors to come together too and I feel like that was definitely a defining moment for our table like as a team to kind of say yeah. oh this is this is a vibe like we're, we're we're starting to like you said get that synergy yeah and uh on the note of planned versus unplanned normally I'm I want to say 50-50. I usually write the story and then I just kind of fill in the details. For Heen, though, it's actually probably closer to like 85, 15, 90, oh. 10. Because I had a very specific view I wanted to take with Heen. And I knew that going this darker backstory route could pan out really poorly if I didn't do it very specifically and very methodically. Yeah. So I wrote a lot of details for him. And I thought a lot about... Um, Gith being more of a collectivist culture and how does that influence his perspectives on life, the way he speaks, things like that. And so he ended up very planned. We're we're past the point of where I expected him to get at this point. Um, one, because the, the story happened a lot faster than I was prepared for, but also because I knew that I just had to get the foundation laid out. So the foundation was probably about 90-10. Yeah, that makes sense for his character for sure. Joey, what about you? Is there like a moment that sticks out in your mind? I've, I love... D&D. &D. Uh, <laughs> you do? And I feel if there's an episode without a moment that I really liked, I f feel like I failed that episode. Um, so, But one that sticks out to me because it was just so, oh my God, what have I done, was J.R. and Moe's death. Um, <laughs> walking away from that episode, I was like, okay, how do I deal with this? Are they actually dead? Um, I've established there's this whole spirit thing going on and we have Finny and like, do we bring them back? What do we do? Yeah, that was a big moment. Yeah, hmm. I thought you guys did great. I thought that was I'm really glad it cool. Worked out. That yeah, was like was the crazy. highlight of that arc in my mind. It was yeah. really so, cool. So Nolan, how much of Mo 
is like predetermined versus you just kind of, you seem very spontaneous with a lot of the things you come yeah. up with at the table. So I almost feel like like it's got to be like ninety percent sent like you know uh, improv with your character. So <clears throat> Joey and I have this really good synergy when he's DM and I'm a character. <laughs> I give him I would say it's like. 30 70 almost because i make the mm -hmm. base character i know what the personality is going to be and i know the characters in his backstory and then i give the rest to joey because I, I don't know we kind of see characters similarly so i just know that he's going to design them perfectly there's something about the way nolan writes his characters that just works really well for me mm -hmm. he only writes like two paragraphs it's not a lot but there's so many seeds buried in there that the characters always feel naturally like they just belong in this setting. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I think I mentioned Red and Fleck to Joey once, and I gave him a sentence detail about each of them. And with what I gave him about Fleck, it made so much sense that Fleck was a snake. I mean, yeah. like, mm -hmm. it was just genius. Yeah. Cool. That was really... Also, thanks for writing, Sensei. That character was so much fun to play. <laughs> we all love him. <laughs> One of the greatest NPCs of the campaign. Yeah. For the love record, if anyone's him. curious, he was inspired by the Cobra Kai Netflix series. Because I, I was like, this oh. show is so over-the-top ridiculous. I need a character like that in D&D. <laughs> Um, okay, so taking this to, uh, this is a really interesting question. Our greater God of chaos has requested that everyone around the table describe what their dice look like and how they relate to you or your character. So. <laughs> no, no. No? I'll no. go first. Oh, yeah, please. So I have a big bag of just a collection of dice that yep. I've hoarded over the years. Yep. And that relates to my character. It's <laughs> <laughs> treasure. There is no rhyme or reason. I just buy them on sale and add them to my bag a I, lot of those are mine <laughs> i was gonna say so i started out with like one gorgeous set of dice and they were like rainbow opal glitter because i love like anything with color but then because stan has so many complex things and so many dice that i have to roll i've ended up stealing dice from greg and joey and i might have one from Sarek. so it's a whole amalgamation now which is really good because that represents tana and her chaos and that she steals from people. Aaron? My dice are um, glass. They're pretty quite high quality. And uh, they're a deep green, uh, deeper than emerald. I'd call it dioptase green. You have to go look it up if you want to know what that color is. It's a kind of mineral. Um, and obviously, as a you know, druid, green seems to be an appropriate color. Um, but they have gold embossing on them. So I'm not sure what that means other than I'm just fancy. <laughs> You're so fancy. <laughs> I'm so fancy. So for my dice, I have three different sets of dice. Um, two of them are metal. Well, they're all metal. I love the metal for the feel and the hit when it uh, lands. Uh, two of them I played with before, and I got them for uh, the first time I played a Scion, actually. And I kind of like just that continuation effect. So the I have blue ones and I have orange ones. The blue ones turn into purple with heat. So as you hold them or throw them, they turn purple, and the orange ones turn yellow that oh, was to represent cool. that character's like changes as she went through different things um and i like that continuation i've actually brought that into like my other video games where most characters now have purple eyes heen is an exception in this case but like every campaign or whatever i now have purple eyes for whatever character Wait, what color are heen's eyes blue i assume that oh yeah i guess i just assume they were purple. there's a reason for that but that's a different story sure. and then the other set i had was just kind of a novel set i kind of like some of the more weird novel dice they're all spheres they're oh. all black and red they're all black metal with little red number spheres on them and they have little nubs to stop them from rolling but joey <laughs> has looked over to see if i was cheating i guess at some point and he looks at the die and goes i don't know what that is <laughs> but and he's, he's sitting right next to me so i'll just out of curiosity look at his dice yeah, and i have cool no idea oh he's he's making sure i'm not cheating it's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually super excited because we are teaming up with sd way gaming and if you guys haven't checked out their dice, they're amazing. Uh, they actually reached out to us, Jason, the owner, and he is designing each one of us a custom set of dice based on our characters and colors. So oh, we wow. basically sent him like a, a really short description of like what we as players like and what our characters like the colors that represent them. And he's sending us um, dice. 
And so I'm so excited to, to get those. Oh, we'll, cool. We'll share pictures yeah, when they come in. Nice. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll mention that in the episode when we finally have those. I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because uh, when he asked, you know, what colors we like, I was like, for Joey, um, blue, blue, <laughs> and blue. <laughs> so hopefully he'll send you blue dice. Uh, I, I hope so. <laughs> One would hope. One would hope. <laughs> okay. Um Oh, I remember. Oh, oh <laughs> timing too. Um, Joey, Zach, our god of comedy, wants me to ask you whether future campaigns will take place in the same world or a different one. Also, he wants to make sure that if there is a new world, he and the other deity patrons will still get to lord over it. <laughs> okay, uh, so we don't have plans currently for what campaign two will look like, yeah. so I can't... Anything I say here is hearsay. Uh, <laughs> don't take any of it as promises. Raw conjecture. However, all right, I'm writing all of this down. In blood. My hope is that the setting for the next campaign, the deities of that campaign will be our actual deities. That oh. They will be the pantheon in that setting. Oh, neat. Oh, nice. neat. So how will God of Pizza look? Will he look like Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs? That's up to how Pete, <laughs> our God of Pizza, however he wants him to look, probably. It's though. just a giant spinning disc in the sky with grease you know, kind of Pete, dripping off of it. if you're listening to this, we want to know. <laughs> so, Zach... Uh, Yes, you will still be able to lord over the setting, but even more so is my hope. Awesome. I love that. Um, okay. So as many of our listeners know, prior to this campaign, I had never played D&D before, ever. Never sat in on a session, had no idea what I was getting into. And right Andre wanted to know whether I ever feel any disadvantage because of this, which I, I didn't even realize until he asked that question. Um, yes. <laughs> there are definitely moments where things that make perfect sense to you guys um, just go right over my head. Like Greg once mentioned that he immediately knew Soul Render was evil because most sentient weapons in D&D &D <laughs> apparently are. And like, I, I had no idea, right? So I didn't even know that like sentient weapons were a recurring thing. So it definitely makes me wonder like what other common tropes or themes occur in D&D that just like fly right the, over my there head. There was one recently, actually, if I can interject. Please, because uh, I was going to ask um, you guys if you could think of any. Where JR <laughs> flew above the ASMR and smited her. And we were all very excited that right. he used you smite. smite. Yeah. But I don't know that... I I, oh. I don't think you knew what that was. Yeah, no, and I remember when we saw we saw the D&D &D movie last yep. night, and you guys were like, oh, man, the palette, he didn't use smite. Like, why? Oh, what? Okay, why? It's, it's like... The thing that paladins are known for. They infuse oh. magic in their weapon and it's a massive explosion of oh. power. And it's like deeply energy. Fire. Yeah. It's like it's like Tana and, and fire fireball, level. Right. right? So oh. so JR, a warlock, not a paladin, using smite was really cool. Oh, seeing that one right over my head. I think we need to make it a thing where if you guys are all excited and I just have a glazed over expression <laughs> or like Nolan, you and I both pride ourselves on being really good at knowing where stories are going to go. But sometimes I don't know. Right. Because they go. You need to be like, hey, Rachel, this is important. And this is why I just don't want to do it anymore because I ruin stuff. I feel bad. Well, you guys <laughs> need to let me know the tropes that are going right over my head because I just don't. I, I was going to pick up Soul Render. We already get Greg like, enough. Yeah, we already I, get I Greg like, enough to do. It's a sword. I want it. I was going to pick it up. And then yeah. I think you interject and you're like, I'll take it. So, I mean, yeah. could you guys imagine? Could you guys imagine Tana and Soul Render? Like we'd all be dead. Yeah. Like yeah. long dead. Yeah. <laughs> or you'd just be trapped in the sword. <clears throat> True. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, is there any of those moments you thought, like, this has got to be a trope, and then the rest of us look like, what? No? I'm, I'm sure there were so many. I'm sure there were so many. I am just confused all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I just have a smile on my face, but it's just to mask my ever-present confusion. <laughs> That's how I feel a story, though. For some reason, I can't ever see the direction the story is going to go. Any other time, I'll read a book, I'll watch a movie, I'll be yeah. able to call it exactly, but D&D &D is that moment I just what's going on <laughs> part of that is the mark of a good dm who throws a lot of red herrings out there mm -hmm. yeah so well and it's not even a con it's not even just like obfuscation through mm -hmm. just too much stuff it's just i'm dumb <laughs> <laughs> joey puts a lot out sure but it all makes sense and it all uh -huh. leads somewhere so if you keep throwing those red herrings out mm -hmm. finian's gonna get a little irritated because he also likes blue herring <laughs> okay all right um, especially as a dolphin as awesome as this has been you guys 
we're nearing the end. So I have only one more question. Before we say adieu and record our newest episode, Allie, our goddess of hope, would love to know how this wonderful podcast came to be. Joey, I thought maybe you would want to... I have a story, okay. Oh, excellent. It was my birthday, so I had taken the week off from work because I really needed to relax. And so Nolan and Greg are like, hey, we should start a D&D podcast. And I told them to fuck off. Um, <laughs> and then not two hours later, uh, my father called and just out of the blue mentions, he's like, have you ever thought about recording your D&D and no. like putting it on YouTube? And really? I, I didn't bring it up. I hadn't even alluded to it. So I was like, okay. So I called them back. Like, I think the universe is telling me we have to do this. Get over here. We'll plan it. Um, no kidding. And then that week turned into the most stressful week uh, because, well, here we are. We had to plan a podcast. <laughs> you took a birthday week off? <laughs> I was exhausted. Yeah. Work was really stressful for a few months. Dude, so I got to start doing that. That's yeah. genius. Joey's really good at staycations. Yeah. Like, and you you typically plan them around like either books right. or video games or your birthday. Yeah, we could all take a listen. It, it worked out because here we are recording for our podcast. God, I never take time off. You should. You should. It's healthy. I know, but it's just like I don't want to use my PD. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boomer. No, no, no. It's not even wow. a boomer. This is his dragon. Like, you know they don't roll over, right, Greg? Mind it. Are you sure? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. That's Every all night, I've got. Every night, Greg goes to sleep on a big pile of PTO. <laughs> Thank you so much to all of our patrons who submitted your questions. They were a blast. If I missed one or if you thought of something else while listening, tag us in Discord. We'll answer whatever questions you'd like. Until the next short rest, take care, everyone. Thanks, everybody. See you, nerds. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, and uh, some more things I thought about while <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with. We're done. Totally